0: Hey guys, welcome back to the series, Making Data Simple. This is Al Martin here. I'm the lucky guy that gets to host this. Today's topic is going to be machine learning, and we'll probably dive down into machine learning hubs. Uh, most of you that are listening probably know what machine learning is, but uh, my simple definition, and I will let my guests that I introduce in just a moment give a better definition, but my simple definition is uh, machine learning gives computers the ability to learn, without being explicitly programmed. And the cool thing about it is, at least for me being an IBMer is I believe that term was actually coined by Arthur Samuel in 1959. So we've been doing it a while. And it's really about uh, prediction making in my mind. But again, I'll I'll let the the experts define it with the use of computers, models, algorithms, and that kind of thing. Uh, With that, and without further ado, I'll introduce my guests. I got two today, so this will be a little different than what we've done in the past. Jorge Castagnon and Oscar Laura Yehos. <laughs> I apologize in advance, guys. I'll let you guys introduce yourself. But they lead the machine learning hub uh, here at IBM, and they know much more about machine learning than I, so they're going to straighten me out today. And And the cool thing about this, guys, is – I've done this so I get to learn, right? I can, I can put all my ignorance aside and I can ask you guys questions and get smart. That, that's, that's the deal. So, Jorge, let me start with you. Could, could you quickly introduce yourself? and You might say your name again just so we get it right for once. And then uh, your background on machine learning. And then I'll turn it over to you just the same, Oscar.
1: For sure, Al. Thanks for having us. Uh, uh, my name is Jorge Castañon and uh, I've been at IBM for the last three years. Uh, we started with the machine learning hub early this year in February. And before joining IBM, I did my PhD in machine learning and numerical optimization at Price University. And yeah, so so this year we've been uh, working on the ML hub, and uh, and and of course Oscar and I were were colleagues here at the ML hub.
0: Fantastic, Oscar. A little introduction from yourself. All
2: right. Absolutely. So, my name is Oscar Lara Yejas. Uh, and by the way, you pronounced it just perfectly. So, congratulations <laughs> to you. Uh, I know it can be tricky sometimes. Um, but that being said, I've been in IBM for a little over five years. matter of fact, uh, last week was my fifth uh, year anniversary here in IBM. And um, Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I still <laughs> love the hills here at the Silicon Valley Laboratory. It's pretty beautiful nature around here. And... Um, Initially, I joined uh, as part of the big data team, working on some technologies for large-scale machine learning and analytics. And now part of the machine learning hub, very excited, very happy to be a data scientist uh, and be part of this, this um, initiative. Before that, I did my PhD in computer science and engineering at the University of South Florida in Tampa. Go Bulls, by the way and um and yeah really excited to be here sharing some of uh, our experience and little knowledge i would say you are totally overselling us but
0: um happy to be here and uh, sharing some some of our thoughts with you fantastic i guess we've established that the only person without a phd at the table here is myself i'm feeling a little bit inferior at this this point in time <laughs> good so let, that, that'll lead me to my next question then so how do you go about being an expert in machine learning? Maybe we have some students out there listening. H- how do you get on that path? How do you stay on that path? What inspires you to be on that path? Could one of you? I'll, I'll just anyone. Uh, Oscar, why don't you take this one first? How do How do you jump into that path?
2: Uh, absolutely. I, I would say that the first thing is is to have passion or an, an interest about something, right? Once you have the passion, you can. I would say you can accomplish uh, pretty much anything. Um, so. In, in my specific case, at least it just fascinates me how you can uh, get insights from data. To me, that's what machine learning actually is, right? You have data and our customers have tons and tons of data. Many of them, they already have DB2 products and, you know, all, all sorts of data. Uh, but then data is useless unless you can get insights out of them. And that's what uh, specifically fascinates me about machine learning the fact that you can you can learn stuff from from new data right and use that uh things uh, that that you learn to make predictions or to make decisions in the present and the future um so um i would say of course that uh, taking formal training in terms of taking classes at the university i took a data mining class i took a bayesian optimization kind of a, a course as well taking classes is is of course very useful but i would say uh, machine learning is something that you only learn when you do it right when you can know so many equations you can know so the most complicating algorithms but there are some nuances and, and some kind of common sense when you approach every single problem that you can only develop by uh, by doing it by by you know working with the data writing the algorithms and making things happen. So it's a very hands-on kind of field. Uh, that would be my my take on it.
0: So Jorge, when when did you know that machine learning was your career? path and, you know, hell, you've got a long career ahead of you, but uh, in terms of where you are now, how, how did you know that this was the place you were going to be and what got you here?
1: Yeah, good question. I think at the beginning or maybe at, uh, halfway of the PhD, I started to work on machine learning related problems uh, with image medical imaging. So I think there, that's where I started to see how important it is to use historical information to build machines, to build algorithms, to build predictions. So it was very important for me to realize that I can use historical information of, for example, brain images to train a model to be better and have the patient less time on the machines, just because you have seen history of brains before. If you haven't seen that history, then you you. You will keep the patient more time. Maybe your prediction is going to be less accurate, and so on. So that's where he, where I, you know, uh, understood how important that uh, concept of having or of learning from examples. And I really like your definition of machine learning because that's what it is, right? So you take history, you take examples, and you provide that to the machine to learn rather than coding it explicitly. I think we're completely in line with that definition. That's so, right.
0: So let, let's hit that one more time. Just, you know, so what is machine learning? If you could repeat that one last time, just so we're clear. And then what is it not? I mean, if, if you can answer that question.
1: Sure. So machine learning is the ability to learn from examples. right? So it's, it's always examples that you need, examples of data. In the case of supervised machine learning, for example, you all, always need pieces of information with the label of the correct thing that you're uh, trying to predict, the, ground truth, truth, the right. ground truth, right? So if you don't have examples, if you don't have historical data, then you cannot do any machine learning. Right. What is not? That's a question that we have to answer all the time at the Machine Learning Hub because a lot of our customers and colleagues come to us and they just, uh, uh, they just think that they can solve every single problem with machine learning. So the, the, the first uh, conversation that we have with people is like, this is, this is what, what machine learning is. This is what an example looks like. This is, this is what we need to actually start to build a, a machine learning model. Yeah. In other words, what it's not, I would say, is it's not the holy grail,
2: right? That's, that's what people, people think when they, they approach us. It's just right. you, you brew the data into machine learning, and then magically you get all the insights and answers. Right, So that, that's what it's not, and, and we have to do a lot of education, a lot of uh, awareness on, on, on
0: that. Sounds like to me that there's, like anything, particularly new technologies, there's a lot of information out there. When I look at this is, you know, I kind of look at, I, I think we're in an, unpre- well, I think this is overused term, just like the next one I'm going to use, but we're in an unprecedented time or era where we often say data or overuse the term that's saying that data is the new natural resource, and and I think there's a tendency for myself as well to say, yeah, whatever. I mean, we've heard that before, blah, blah, blah. But when you start thinking about it more deeply, you realize, I mean, when you really think about it, that everything we're doing today, darn near everything is leaving a digital footprint from credit to mobile to online to, to your purchasing. And we're feeding all this data into machines, like machine learning and and. I think that creates a lot of worry and fear, which then promotes the information that you're talking about out there uh, in the industry. The first one that I always find is funny is that uh, the first fear that I hear a ton about is machines are going to take our jobs and we've got to do something about it. What are we going to do? And I think I'll give credit to our chairman, uh, Ginny Rometty, And her definition is augmented intelligence, not artificial intelligence, because I think, you know, we sit side by side with that machine learning to make it useful. But the interesting thing to me, and this is what I want to get your feedback on is what I don't hear as much about the bigger concerns that I would have. And that is around ethics. I mean, by example, on one hand, we need data, you know, the more, medical data, by example, we feed into some of these algorithms, the better we're going to be able to find cures. But then on the other hand, you're thinking, well, do I want to have my personal medical data out there for, you know, you don't know where it's going to go, who's going to consume it. Um, And then it goes beyond that, in that I literally this morning, I was listening to a thing about the European Union, and they've proposed the idea of e-persons, where you'll have electronic persons where you'll have a robot that is responsible and, you know, it could even be paying its own taxes at some point in time. And me, for me to think a robot is liable is ridiculous. I mean, again, it goes back to the augmented intelligence. Always a human is responsible leveraging the output of, 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 you know, machine learning or otherwise. Um, If that's not enough, I'll say one more thing and I'll turn it over to you guys. I want, I want to hear your take on ethics. My other worry is that, if anything, machine learning could make us lazy. And that, just like you said, you said um, we think it's the Holy Grail, or there's many people that come in and think it's the Holy Grail. It's kind of like my backup camera or the backup camera they have on on cars now. I'm always worried about my children. You know, they just rely on that backup camera. It's got to work. It's got to work. And they forget, you know, where we used to look at mirrors. We used to turn our head to make sure nothing's there. We're going to continue to shine on, on machine learning the same way, And I have to admit that my backup camera the other day was covered up with mud and it was going off and sure as heck wasn't my kids. It was me that backed into the car behind me. So I'm guilty as anyone else. So talk to me a little bit about, um, and I'll start with you, Oscar, about the ethics. What do you see in terms of augmented intelligence? What it means? What do you think we're going to have to be more concerned about today versus the fact that they're just going to take our jobs?
2: Absolutely, and I completely agree with you. The way I see machine learning and artificial intelligence is as tools that help humans to become better at their jobs rather than, uh, you know, something that's going to threaten or jeopardize uh, people's, you know, worse. So just, just to give you an example, right, uh, like uh, Watson is doing a lot of stuff with, with healthcare and understanding a tons of uh, research papers uh, to, to try, try to come up with with potentially cures for cancer and many other diseases, right? And something that a doctor would, would take a doctor, uh, you know, days or, or weeks to, to understand and, and process, a um, machine learning algorithm may do it much more quickly, therefore uh, making the doctor much more productive to, to, to make these kinds of decisions in terms of diagnosis and so forth, right? Uh, I, I also heard that, uh, you know, there's, there's this uh, system that helps uh, musicians to compose music, so uh, that's called a Watson uh, beat. And one one famous artist actually went to his concert last last week, and uh, he's using this this uh, system to write music himself. You know, and I don't believe that there's gonna we're gonna reach a point where you know uh, composers are gonna be kicked out of the jobs by by robots. But on the other hand, it's more like, you know, a composer may use or may, you know, uh, leverage inspiration from uh, this system that uh, understands different musical components in order to be more productive in their composition or music creation uh, kind of, um, you know, process, right? And I somehow uh, associate this era with with the Industrial Revolution, right? Before the Industrial Revolution, Happened. There were a lot of people doing manual labor, very heavy lifting, uh, in order to build stuff, in order uh, to do transportation, in order to do many, many other things. And at, at that point, yeah, what happened was that many people lose their jobs, quote unquote. But uh, it, it it allowed uh, you know society and and uh, to advance technologically. And those people who lost their jobs at the time, they had to be reassigned to all the jobs. Right. So I guess there's a lot of training. There may be certain, um, jobs, for example, you know, it, it is known that the, 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 you know, for example, uh, the, the drivers are, are, you know, the number one job in the U S right. And and you may argue, you know, if we have self-driving cars, right. Uh, those people are going to be displaced out of the jobs. And, and that's a force of concern. Uh, my take on that would be, you know, Many people uh, would need to perhaps learn new skills in order to be able to, to you know, uh, perform all the other types of jobs. If, if that's the case, so I, I guess it, it's two different fronts. One in 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 terms of augment of, of, augmenting, excuse me, and uh, improving the 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 skills of of people, uh, such as the case of the doctor, such as the case of the musicians and so on and so forth and on the other hand i would say that some people yeah they may need to learn new skills in order to perform different kinds of jobs that that are not no longer going to be to be available for humans and are going to be totally automated by by machines
0: so you know if there's anything i agree with you i think we're in the era of continuous learning i mean you don't just do one thing and then and stay with it for 50 years maybe like uh, grandparents did uh you're gonna have to learn new skills and continue to uh you know, almost in agile fashion, do do continuous learning. So, Jorge, uh, on, what do you think the biggest challenge is going to be moving forward in the era of augmented intelligence and machine learning? What do you think the 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 real concerns that we should be addressing?
1: Yeah, so I see machine learning, the the era of of uh, having machines helping you rather than replacing you. So I'm I'm in line with you guys and it's it's funny that i just saw a, a a tv series from netflix it's a six episode uh uh tv series it's, it's it's very new it's called neo yokyo it's very fun but what i want to talk about is that the main character of this cartoon it's like anime based cartoon and this guy has a robot with him all the time and that robot is assisting the main character all the time on Everything that he 's doing and he's not doing right, and at some point of the TV series, the robot opens and it turns out that there's a human inside the robot, and then the guy is so surprised, right like how come i didn't know you were there and then and then this person is saying like yeah, so I've been here all the time. Uh, the robot is only filtering and 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 it turns out that this human is actually not nice right it has no filter like (laughs) they they, they don't they don't kind of like they're not friends to each other but the robot and the guy is just like super friends and it's it's very funny I think that's the way it's going to uh, go right but (laughs) but I think so we need to actually teach these machines correctly right so if we're filtering things going back to ethics right what to filter what not to filter right as a data scientist I think you have we have a big responsibility, right? Sometimes uh, some of the things that we're working on are so difficult that it's our responsibility to be super transparent. And, you know, in terms of ethics, maybe you understand things that not everyone is understanding. So you have the responsibility to, you know, to share that information in a very clear way, like crystal clear, like what are the limitations, what, are, what is this algorithm for, if the predictions are good in this range, and so on, right? So that's, that's the big thing that I think in terms of ethics as a data scientist.
0: Fantastic. That's a good example. I'll have to check that out. Hey, um, so let, let's, let's transition into machine learning hubs, because I know that that's where you spend a lot of your time right now. Um, not so much looking for a sales pitch but what is it why do you think it's necessary and uh, what kind of outcomes are you able to to drive within these quote-unquote quote-unquote hubs can you tell us a bit on that uh jorge yes
1: yeah, so so uh what we do at the machine learning hub is to try to close a big gap that we have right now and uh, that's the fact that there 's not enough data scientists right so there's an uh, it is expected to to in in two thousand and eighteen we 're expecting to have eighteen sorry half a million data science roles needed, needed right so and and we will only have two hundred k data scientists out there, so forty percent only and, and and I think that 's only in the u s but it can translate to all the world and so what in the machine learning hub what we're trying is to close that gap right so maybe maybe there are some companies approaching us they have data they have a lot of passion to get value out of their data they don't know how right so they come with a, they come to us we spend those two or three days with them and we help them achieve one single model one simple use case we solve with them and then after that, maybe they can take it from there. They can build more uh, models. They can be more precise. They can incorporate more data. But I think the the, the main mission of the ML Hub is to close that gap and, and to be more transparent about uh, how data science is applied.
0: So, Oscar, so describe to me some of the common issues you find as clients come in. They say, look, I need help. I need help with machine learning. They come into the Hub. Who do they usually come with, I guess, is the question I would have, and what are the common problems that you see, and, and then how are they reconciled? Absolutely. So
2: as we mentioned at the very beginning, one of the most uh, difficult problems is to understand what machine learning can do and what it cannot do, right? Uh, and in many cases, uh, you know, people come to us with big dreams, and and in one of the most uh, uh, most common challenges is to, Nail down what is it that the machine learning problem is going to look like. Identify the problem and then identify what data is going to be used to solve such problem. Uh, And in many cases, there are issues with uh, data access, for example. The data is is very sensitive. For example, in this uh, use case we were working on with a healthcare company, they have patient records, right? So we had issues that, you know, the data couldn't uh, get out of the mainframe because of the sensitivity of, of, of the data. And we, Actually, instead of, in, in that specific case, instead of the customer coming to us, we had to actually travel to the site because the data couldn't uh, get out of there. So data access is an issue for sure. Understanding uh, or trying to nail down a machine learning problem is, is also an issue. Uh, data curation is also an issue. In many cases, the data are not are simply not clean and these things that we take for granted in the relational uh, world, such as, you know, having the data schema available, having the primary keys, have, having uh, foreign keys, and this kind of relationships among tables. In this, you know, machine learning uh, use cases, uh, you don't have that. And oftentimes you get a data set that uh, you don't know what the columns are, you don't know what the data types are, you have a lot of missing information, missing values, instead of having just one single data source which is you know most machine learning algorithms they take as input one specific data set uh, instead of having just one you usually encounter tons and tons of files that you have to somehow reconcile put together clean and all those things right and those those become challenges. That even before you being able to train your first machine learning model, you need to, you know, do a lot of uh, data cleansing, data preparation. And, of course, um, understanding also um, some of the nuances of the, uh, you know, the, the, the domain itself, is, is, it, it may be challenging as well. We are machine learning generalists. Uh, But we are not experts in finance, we are not experts in healthcare, we are not experts in biology. And in many cases, we have to learn from all these domains in order to be able to build uh, good machine learning models. And it's fun as well, because not only you learn about machine learning, but you end up learning about all these specific domains, which which is pretty cool.
0: Here's the thing that confuses me about this, and maybe Jorge, you can you can help me. I get what you're saying. What I thought I heard you say is one of the biggest challenges you face is actually getting at all the disparate sources of data, making sense of that data, cleansing that data, ingesting that data. Could go on and on. But I gotta imagine if I'm a client and I'm coming into these hubs, I I bet they're thinking on the opposite end. And maybe I'm wrong here. You guys tell me in terms of what your experience is. And what I mean by that is they probably have what they feel is a handle on their data, though they you probably they have to, to, to convey that to you and, and convince you of that. But I bet I, I just would assume that they would have come in from a client perspective and they're more worried about how am I going to find the right programming language to, to do this, the, the machine learning, what language should I use? How do I create these models? How do I base these models off of, am I right in that? Or are they, do a lot of the clients come in and are concerned about everything, top to bottom?
1: I think I think that's a very interesting uh, topic that you bring. It, it 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 we have we have both. I think sometimes sometimes the customer they already have the data that they want to use. Sometimes they already have even like the idea of if you need a classifier or a regression and so on. So in those cases, we can we can really start like right in the middle. Or, or with with a lot of uh, you know advantage, we can we can use our time much better. Uh, But but yeah, sometimes the customers come and it's uh, they are just starting. uh, Maybe they are they have just a, a little bit of data, right? So the the first thing to to understand is that the the data limitation can. Only take you you know you have certain I mean uh, going back to 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 the machine learning definition right you learn from examples you learn from history if you don't have history in the data, you will not learn that part right so if the data is a limitation then you need to think about okay if you don't have a good representation of your data in this data set, then you cannot expect that this model will work for any case right so sometimes it's very it's it's we need to st- to spend a lot of time at the be- at, at the beginning to just make clear that the model that they are that we're building is is just based on this data set, and that it's very important that if there's another data source that you need to connect, or there's more data that you need to use, covering many years, for example, then it's it's always good that they go back and actually build a model that is more com- comprehensive. So so, but but. Definitely, we we have customers at very different point, points. Like, so it's it's uh, it's pretty open, and it's always it's always uh, a, a challenge. Even though we have customers in in, in different parts of the pipeline,
0: do it is face to face absolutely required with these, or can you do them remotely, or is it just your preference? I mean, what's your what's your thoughts on that? I think face to face
1: is is a must, at least at the beginning. Uh, I think there's three reasons because of that. Uh, I think trust is the first one uh, because you will not just give the data to anyone, right? So I think you need to, uh, my second point is to build a relationship, right? So you build a relationship and you start to trust the people, right? Maybe you trust IBM and with everything in hand with NDAs and all that, then of course you are legally okay, but still you're going to kind of like uh, get naked in front of people when you share the data, right? It's, it's something like that. You really need to like feel comfortable with someone else to 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 get into that point. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think trust and building rela- it's, it's it's actually it's two. Uh, I think trust and building the relationship goes in the same bullet, and the second one is clarity. Sometimes customers come and 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 you need to clarify what's the goal of those two days or what's what's achievable in those two days and to be in line. Like sometimes if you're not face to face, it's very easy to 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 not be clear and maybe you go and solve a problem that is not the one that they need sort of a solution for, right? So clarity is one. And the other one is trust and building relationship, right? You will you will definitely uh, trust more someone that you have seen and with all the legal implications on, 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 on the table, of course. But yeah, so just just uh, having that face-to-face will help you build the relationship and, and they will be more comfortable sharing the data.
0: Yeah, I think that goes back to the concern with data I had. I think those are some of the bigger issues is, is people willing to share their data, the ethics around the, the data, you know, relying too much on machine learning. Again, it keeps coming back to that. Uh, for me, so let me ask you this: is as, as we kind of wrap up, and like with any with any uh, topic, it seems like you know we we may have to bring you back and and do a deeper dive on on some more questions on this because we could go on forever. But Oscar, have you? W- could you describe a a wow moment or something? I mean, something by example, an outcome that was just thrilling as a result of you know the machine learning hub or your work with a client. You know, give me something that you just uncovered that is just, like, brilliant.
2: Yeah, so so one of the very first engagements that we had was with a healthcare company. And uh, that was the one I, w- I was actually telling you that we had to go inside because of the, you know, um, uh, because of the data being so so sensitive Um patient records and all that. And it was very rewarding uh, because of uh, different reasons. I, I would say the first one is, you know, for us uh, data scientists and being journalists as well, uh, we get to work in different domains, like, you know, financial services, um, um, you know, manufacturing, healthcare, and so forth. But somehow healthcare, it, 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 it gives you this kind of extra reward that you are somehow helping or contributing to society by, by by improving people's health with your work right so that was actually very interesting for us so in, in that specific use case we were given uh, data from patient uh, medication compliance from uh, also from uh, patient uh, blood tests and some of the different kinds of uh, medical tests and we were uh, a, able to create a model to predict which patients were at the highest risk of uh you know uh, either uh, not complying with the their the medication or we we're more prone to uh, get certain diseases and that kind of stuff right so and it was very interesting not only because of uh, the fact that we were able to build an accurate model from the machine learning you know technical perspective but also because of the fact that you know it's rewarding to feel that your work is contributed contributing to improve people's health. And also we were working with a, a medical doctor, right, who, who was uh, advising us all the time and giving us great feedback uh, on, 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 on the topic. And it was also a very good collaboration with him. I mean, this this doctor being also a very nice individual and very eager to, uh, you know, use machine learning uh, to, to improve people's health. Uh, that's just as simple as that.
1: Yeah, and I think the the very wow moment when, was when, when this doctor came and saw the results and saw the plots and saw the predictions. And in his head, it was all making sense, yes. and and he would transmit that to us. So it would be like a very, very, you know, interactive session, and we would get to results really fast, like intraday. It was really amazing.
0: You know, I, I, I read a book. I can't remember the book. I think it's a – well, I can't remember the book – very interesting it was talking about doctors' assessment of the human brain, and it, it showed they went through many, many experts in, in in the field. They would assess these brains for you know malignant or or, or, or not tumors, and essentially they couldn't uh, they, they sometimes they wouldn't even come up with the same results themselves the second time they went through and looked through the information. Given a case for machine learning to help guide them because it's going to be, you know, very objective, just very precise, statistical and measure, etc. Anyway, let let me ask this, and then I want to go to a lightning round. Any last word that you guys have on machine learning that you want this audience to to understand, know that uh, you feel you wouldn't be right if you if you didn't say a couple comments on it before we leave. It's
1: it's it's very good to to. <laughs> get that you know introduction course of machine learning uh, before trying to apply it uh, it, it it the, the conversation turns uh, much better after you know the quality wise to you know what, what what machine learning can reach it's uh, it's a very
0: important thing any last word you'd have oscar yeah i would say even
2: if you're not an engineer or a computer scientist or a mathematician or 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 somebody in hard sciences uh, you need to know what machine learning is because machine learning can help you uh, improve your business. It can help you improve your daily work. If you are in, in health, if you are in finance, if you're in any, any, any domain, right? And I believe that uh, companies that are, that are going to survive and be competitive are the ones that, that leverage machine learning um, because in many cases, machine learning can do things much, much faster and in, in some cases, even more accurately than humans. So, of course, you're going to be more productive if, if you know what machine learning is and if you are eager to apply to your business. So everybody, even if you're not an uh, engineer, computer scientist, learn about machine learning, uh, learn the possibilities that it has and, and how it can help you in, in your daily day. This is not sci-fi anymore. This is, this is uh, you
0: know, real and it's happening uh, as of today. Fantastic. Uh, thank you very much for that. So I want to go into what I call a lightning round. It's a little bit personal. It's a little about business. In other words, so, so the audience gets to, you, gets to know you. Be like 10 seconds type of answer. Just boom, 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 boom. Because we have two of you, Oscar, I'll go to you, then I'll go to Ore, and you guys can answer real quick. So and these are a couple of questions I just quickly jotted down that I wanted to get from you. Number one is the biggest challenge you currently have with data.
1: Cleaning. <laughs> Cleaning cleansing the data. Cleaning data at the scale in a more automatic way, because if not, all, all your time goes there. I would say that's my major challenge.
0: Got it. You got anything different, Oscar? Or is that your, your same one, too? I I,
2: I agree with that. Uh, and I would say uh, the data security and, and data access as well, because of the same things that you mentioned in terms of ethics and all those things, right? Data access, security and curation, it's definitely a big one.
0: Yeah. All right. Oscar got another one for you. What are you learning about now? What what or what's your learning vehicle? Do you like podcasts? Where do you go to get your information? Um, I'm not much of a podcast person, to be honest with you.
2: Uh, I I mostly read it, books or or online. I, I I read a lot of Wikipedia too. In in terms of uh, you know AI and machine learning, I, I was recently learning about uh, uns, unsupervised learning with categorical variables. I was learning about uh, key prototypes, key modes, and some algorithms like that. In terms of other other non-engineering related stuff, I was learning about uh, the theory of evolution by natural selection. I was reading about this uh, uh, book by Richard Dawkins called uh, The Greatest Show on Earth, Evolution by by uh, Natural
0: Selection. First part of that that was PhD stuff. I think it just went over my head. But another one on evolution, kind of like evolution of Sapiens, if you haven't read that one. That's a great one. Uh, what about you, uh, Jorge?
1: Yeah, so uh, I usually use Medium um, and GitHub. Those are my probably like primary sources for learning. Yeah. Uh, of course, books. I'm reading a book on, on deep learning too. That was a gift from one of my
0: interns in the summer. <laughs> so you got you got the title. Uh, it's called Deep Learning. No, oh, that's pretty easy.
2: <laughs>
0: all right, fair enough. Fair enough. By who who was it by? So Oh my. I that's should. all right. If you can't do it, we'll put it in the show notes. Uh if uh if I two more questions, and I'll start with you, Jorge, this time. If you want to become if I wanted to become an ML expert, what's the fastest way to go or where should I go? And what's the fastest way to get there?
1: Oof, uh the fastest. So I think you need uh Three things. I don't know how fast you can get them. <laughs> <laughs> one is the math background. You used to have a very math stat background. Linear algebra. Linear algebra. That's one. Second is uh, programming, right? You need to be, like, very happy programming Python, uh, MATLAB, R, whatever is your scripting language, but to, to be very proficient. And also the the applied aspect, right? To be able to actually you know, be creative and, 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 and get some data set and imagine what to do and what to try. Those three things. And I think you can get them in school or outside school, Coursera, uh, books, it. or just experience in, 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 in your role, in your job.
0: All right, fair enough. What about you, Oscar? Same answer, or you got a different one?
2: I, I, I agree a lot with what Jorge just mentioned, uh, and, and especially the third part, because it's not only having the knowledge and the but having this this I call it common sense, which counterintuitively is not so common. I have come to realize, <laughs> um, right? So, so this kind of creativity and this becomes like the art or the artistic part of uh, machine learning and data science. So, the science is, of course, this 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 math and this uh, linear algebra and optimization problems that, that that you encounter, and that's the mechanical, uh, you know. Component of, of machine learning, but also this artistic. In, in some cases, it becomes even black magic. I, I, I call it right because uh, just coming up with the right features, and uh, for, for instance, that that's where this kind of artistic uh, component of machine learning comes into picture, which is it's also very important. It can make a lot of a difference in in in, in the results you 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 get in the end
0: awesome thank you so easiest question of the of the of the day where can where can the team reach you guys so so oscar where where can you be reached and where can if you want to get information on the machine learning hub where you go
2: absolutely so um my you can shoot me an email my email is uh i, I guess you can put it on the on the you know the notes it's uh, i will yeah Y E. It's actually kind of complicated to spell, but
0: uh, <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We'll get in the machine. Notes. A machine learning hub website as well. Uh, we are located in um, San Jose, California, the heart of the Silicon Valley. But we also do have some other machine learning hubs in different places, uh, in in Germany, in Toronto, in uh, Beijing, in China, Bangalore, and um, other places.
0: And, and uh, same question for you. Or uh, any social media outlets that you would uh, reference or. Push yeah,
1: people. I think uh, I I'm on Twitter. Uh my my handle is C A S T A N A N. Castanan. All
0: right, we'll get that in the show notes as well. Is that your preferred channel? Yes, for sure, or LinkedIn as well. I thank you so much. Gave a lot of information today. Kate Nichols who does the uh, production. We're going to have to get these guys back on and and next time I'd like to go into more of the how in the in and how machine learning works and this this the uh, The statistics behind it. Uh, We'll have to keep it just below PhD level uh, Mm -hmm. knowledge so I can understand it. But if you could do that, that'd be great. Meanwhile, guys, Oscar, Jorge, thank you very much. Pleasure talking with you guys today. Until next time, I hope everybody enjoyed this. Please take a look at the show show notes and, and let us know what you think. Wheels up. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Making Data Simple Podcast,
2: where we make data fun. Be sure to visit
0: ibmbigdatahub.com forward slash podcasts to access the show notes and uncover even more great episodes. Remember, the views expressed here are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily represent the views of IBM. Until next time, over and out.